Craft Beer Radio, episode 62, December 7th, 2006. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewery industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week we're doing coffee. Coffee? Porter stouts. Coffee Ooh, stuff. Yummy. I like the sound of that. Well, we first have some business to cover. Uh, we want to first welcome new listeners there. You may have seen our ad in Draft Magazine or found our cards at the Public House or <laughs> saw us in the handout. Jeffrey T. from the GBS is handing out at the Podcast Expo or any number of possible ways. But if you have come to our show, welcome. And let us know how you found us. That'd be great to get yeah. some feedback. If, uh, if this Draft Magazine ad worked at all, or some of the cards I left up in Boston was found the way into your hands, I'd love to know it. So, Well, we should talk about this uh, ad we had in Draft Magazine. We're doing a cro- uh, cross-promotion with them. So we have an ad in their magazine, and we're going to talk about their magazine a bit. It's a lifestyle magazine, a beer lifestyle magazine thing and they they talk about beer drinking with celebrities like like david was the guy from prison break in there yeah the guy from prison break last month the guy on the cover was the, the plumber from desperate housewives and they talk about you know mostly their lifestyle and oh look they drink beer too uh-huh. right but don't let that discourage you because there are some really good articles in these this magazine here in the second edition the, the one where ad ran in they review some winter beers and i would say just every beer that they ran was craft beer radio worthy Okay, that sounds so good. it's not like they were doing, you know, uh, bad winter beers. There's a segment right here which is great. It's um, pairing beer with Christ- holiday sweets. Oh, okay, that's cool. So they have um, Guinness with uh, chocolates, um, Zweig Porter with uh, lemon cake, Brooklyn Bra- Black Chocolate Stout Float with vanilla ice cream and chocolate covered <laughs> strawberries. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Don't was, give it all away, though. Other things uh, that are in there, you said that there's a, a write-up about places like Monk's Cafe in Philadelphia, uh, Anchor Christmas, and a segment on how to taste and enjoy beer. Well, if you didn't know already. Right. But good stuff in here for, for the, our kinds of listeners. And uh, don't uh, get a subscription until you see the link on our webpage to get a discount. Oh. They didn't get it ready by airtime. But uh, check out the website this week, and there'll be a link up. To get a discounted subscription to Draft Magazine. Let's do a beer. What do yeah, you say? I agree. Let's bring on the beers. And these are all going to be strong, dark. You know, these are your porters or stouts that are mixed with coffee. So you're going to get roastiness. You're going to get smoke, some sort of smokiness kind of. Uh, yep, maybe tip. a little bit of stringency with, with some of the porters. But uh, definitely going to get a big coffee addition, which is comes from, well, some of them actually just put coffee in it. Yeah, some have coffee beans. In the, the brew, other ones, they make coffee and they put it into the, the fermenter. wasn't able to find much information about how any of these beers use their coffee. Mm. So this one is... The Vanilla Java Porter from Atwater Block Brewery. They're in Detroit, Michigan. It smells kind of like a, a cafe mocha from Starbucks. Yeah, this one does. So pours, you know, a, a very dark, you know, dark black with about not even a finger's worth of head, but it's a, it's a retaining head, and just has a nice, really, you know, coffee slash chocolate smell. I know it's a vanilla porter, but yeah. it's kind of a cocoa-y smell. It's a uh, the, the coffee room is more subtle than I would have expected from mm-hmm. coffee beers. I think 
the other ones we're tasting have a lot more coffee to them. I'm thinking about other coffee beers I've had in the past of just you know, punch you in the face, where this one's more subtle. This is 6% alcohol by volume and brewed year-round. Okay, you certainly get vanilla in the flavor. Absolutely. Nice and creamy. Um, vanilla first, you get some coffee second. So. Right up front, it really does, and again, uh, kind of sticks around, fades a little bit to the back, and then there's a little bit of coffee coming through. Also, in the back, a little bit of that bitterness you get from coffee. But I... You know, that, those are the primary things I'm tasting. I'm not really tasting much of the porter there. You know, I, for, I sort of feel like I'm tasting more adjuncts than I am the actual. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I mean, with the vanilla and the coffee, there's a lot going on there. Right. And the beer is not really standing out in any particular way. But I like how it's coming together. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's not that this is... Well, I don't want to put it as it, it's a deep negative. But you do kind of want to taste some. You do want to taste, I think, some of the beer with the edge. You don't want to have it just be a straight platform for what you're putting. Okay, in. right. We're putting in some pretty aggressive flavors into yeah. these beers, though. So, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Where if you got a little more malt out of it or something like that, it'd probably. But again, it's a porter, not a stout. If it was any more maltier and full, it'd yeah. definitely be stout worthy. Maybe it, is, maybe it also needs to warm up a bit. Because it is a little bit cold. I don't know what, what uh, you know, these are porters and stouts, so generally you want to keep them not right out of the fridge. You want to have them a little bit warmer. Right, right. They've been out of the fridge for almost 40 minutes now. Really? So. Last week we were wearing shorts. <laughs> Last Thursday. This Thursday, there snowed three inches today. Yeah, it was a rough ride in here for me. But, um, you know, we'll be staying around for a while, because right after this show we're doing the Beer Geek round table that'll last a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> the last one lasted for over three. <laughs> it lasted it outlasted you last time. So. Yeah, it definitely did. When you get home you can check and see if it's still going. <laughs> uh Atwater Brewing Company is a relatively new brewery here in the market. They're out of Detroit, Michigan. They opened in nineteen ninety seven. They brew about five thousand five hundred barrels a year. They describe their porter as a uh, robust porter made with chocolate malt, blended with vanilla and java beans. Balance it with U.S. Golding hops. Well, the hops are kind of buried in there. They're, yeah. they're hard to pick out in a lot of porters and stouts. But with coffee, it's it's almost like you get the bitterness there. Mm-hmm. But any flavor that you're going to be able to pick yeah. out is way covered over. And that's fine. I mean, I, I don't think that hot flavor is a necessity in every single beer. Bitterness is important, but flavor isn't. You know, Greg and I are, are still trying to get to the Great American Beer Festival in September. <laughs> it's true. So uh, we're taking donations on the website to help us pay for, pay for the plane tickets. There are some subscription buttons through PayPal where you can subscribe. The lowest rates are $2 a month. It's a recurring payment. Mm-hmm. And you can also do $12, which is taken out once a year. Right. I had to get rid of the dollar a month because I was losing 30% of it <laughs> to the PayPal. And CBR Blind, we haven't talked about that in a couple weeks. That's the show where we want you to pick some beers and send them to us, and we won't know what we're drinking. We wanted to mention that Rick, um, a couple weeks ago, Rick found that emails that were sent to him weren't getting through. Right, so if anyone expressed interest in the the CBR Blind and never heard back from Rick, send it again. It was a combination of Rick and my fault, so. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Yeah, I know. Oh, and the multi-brew. We have a couple comments on the multi-brew. Yeah, uh, you know, people saying one thing or the other. Basically, there, there, there's there's differing opinions on how we should go about the multi brew. Right. I put up a uh, a thing, a post on the message boards today, 
It's called the official multi-brew thread. Mm -hmm. And it talks about the different formats that we can do, where we all try to brew the exact same beer the exact same way and pick out brew house differences, regional differences, water differences. And maybe the only difference I really want to allow in that format is maybe the manufacturer of the barley malt. Like, same yeast, Mm -hmm. same. Hops really don't have manufacturers, so that doesn't matter. But I don't want to be substituting ingredients or anything like that. Second one is one where you mentioned where we assign different hops. Like if we want to do a hop experiment, right. we would assign, okay, I'm doing Cascade, you're doing Chinook, someone else does Warrior. The problem with that, with the Alpha King recipe that everyone seems like they want to right. do, is it's not a very good platform for that kind of experiment because the hopping is complex. And I just don't see how it's going to work for that. I'm with you. And then the third option, I guess, is to give someone a box full of ingredients <laughs> and have at it, but you have to use all the ingredients. So it'll be the ingredients for the Alpha King. And I'm going to brew the Alpha King. Well, no, I, I mean, there was another option, though. The other option what was, the other was option? Um, give the list of stuff and say, okay, you can brew this or you can change one thing about it. Oh, okay. And, you know, whatever that is, whatever it is you want to change... That's fine, but only one thing can be changed. And so kind of give people a little bit of leeway with, with, okay. with what they can so, do. So different mash temperature right. or different fermenting temperature, or, even though I wasn't really going to mandate fermentation temperatures. Um, no, yeah. but I mean, like, you know, or, you know, different different variety of malt or mm-hmm. uh, or hops right. in one of the stages or whatever you're going to do. So you can change one aspect of the beer. One thing I'm going to change is I'm going to make it a porter. <laughs> And the one thing I change is make a completely different beer. <laughs> so this uh, vanilla porter, uh, van- uh, Atwater vanilla Java porter, rather, I mean it's decent, and you certainly if you're if you're in the mood for kind of a like a a taste of a vanilla shake or something like that right. without really having a lot of beer, you know, it, I think it's good for people who just don't want to you know be saddled with complexity right well. now. And, and they just want to kind of pull it out something that will taste really good. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't anything wrong with it. I can see it at the end of the show where, you know, it could be number four because mm-hmm. it doesn't have that complexity, but it's certainly not bad. No. So, yeah, that was so that was the Atwater Vanilla Java Porter. Next, we're going to jump to the... Hmm. Let's do this one. All right, this is the... Kona Pipeline Porter, 5.4 alcohol by volume, limited release from Kona Brewing Company in Kona, Hawaii. 5,800 barrels, opened in 1995. This is our first Hawaii beer, isn't it? I was just going to say that, first beer from Hawaii. This was sent in by listener Brian Greenwood, so thank you, Brian. Um, It's available in Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington, and I assume Hawaii as well. It was funny, I got an email from a new listener in Hawaii who said he was going to send us yeah. this beer. He's like, oh, I saw you got it. I guess I don't have to send it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is more of a coffee, a full coffee kind of aroma you're getting here. Oh, yeah, um, you're getting... It's a very full coffee aroma. Yeah. I'm trying to dig into it to describe you know, what I'm getting. It's that, that sweeter um, cocoa smell. I'm really happy about this show already. I'm a really big fan of coffee stouts or coffee porters or anything like that. Okay. So I took my first sip. Tastes a lot like coffee. 
And it seems like when I have a coffee beer, that first sip of a really coffee-heavy beer tastes too coffee-ish to me. And then I get accustomed to it and I start enjoying it more. This tastes like um, a strong coffee, not 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 especially bitter coffee. Uh, there's also there's a distinct kind of um, how how can I put this? A little bit of uh, that porter finish is coming down the side. It's fuller. It feels fuller than the Atwater Vanilla Java Porter. Uh, right. Not quite as creamy, but it feels fuller in terms of mouthfeel. Absolutely. Kona Brewing opened in 1994. They say on the bottle 94, the notes I found online say 95. Discrepancy. <laughs> Maybe it was end of 94, beginning of 95. Very well could be. So I was in Boston last week. How was Boston? Boston was pretty cool. I was only there for three days, so I didn't have too much time to explore. But the first night I talked my boss into going to the public house. It's the number one ranked place on Beer Advocate, best beer bar in Boston. Place... If I was running a beer bar, Greg, I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> the place was awesome. They had a ton of Belgian drafts and Belgian bottles and, and U.S. Um, craft beers. Belgian menu, like steamed mussels and oh, what else did I have? I had a... Steamed mussels, a Belgian dish? I think so. Mussels are a Belgian thing, I'm pretty sure. Maybe not. I, I assume they were. I've seen mussels in several Belgian restaurants, okay. so... Um, and then the first night, or when I was there, I didn't have a Belgian dinner. I had some um, seafood paella, which was awesome. <laughs> and I had that with an Orval. And Orval and fish are like one of the perfect beer pairings. I can I see mentioned that. A on the show the sourness before. and the lightness of it kind of go together yeah. with fish. I mentioned that before, but that is still one of my all-time favorite pairings is Orval and fish. And they had an appetizer with an or- a cheese made from Orval. And the cheese Orval and the Orval was an also another great pairing. <laughs> and um, the second night, you know, I didn't want to go back there again and be the, the guy. The guy can only drink good beer. But my boss wanted to go back because he liked the menu so much mm-hmm. and the food. So we went back a second night and we had some more beer. And probably the best beer I had then was um, Cantillon's St. Lemvinus. It's this, a big bottle of very rare Lambic. Made with muscat grapes as well. Mm. Forty bucks for the bottle. Wow, <laughs> it was it was good. It was really good. And uh, yeah, the public house in Boston. Um, there was beer advocate stickers all over the place. I was hoping Todd or Jason was there, <laughs> but I, I didn't see him either night. But yeah, that place was really cool. Did you go to any other places or just that one? We were just two. No, we just had two dinners. You know, flew out the third yeah. day, so I just went to those two places or that place twice. I want to bring up this email that Will Ald emailed us. Uh, on the last podcast I listened to, you said you would forward a program with a way to disable the timer. I'm interested in getting the program. Is the offer still open? We have no idea what you're talking about, Will. Uh, <laughs> I sent him an email yesterday when I was catching up on emails. I'm like, okay, we were probably talking about something computer in the post show. And we said we knew something, but it, it's not ringing a bell. <laughs> So if you have uh, any clue, we'll send it. If anybody else has a clue. <laughs> what other emails have we got here? We got an email from Ethan. He has a question oh, for okay. us. How important is storage temperature relative to storage light level? Um, well, we've talked about before, light causes skunking in Tem- the right wavelengths. Right. Uh, and... 
warm temperature causes oxidation. Right, which is, which will get it kind of taste. It's not skunkiness, but it kind of tastes cardboardy and old. Right. Uh, lights, the more immediate enemy, especially bright direct sunlight with UV in it or, you know, UV lamps. Right. Uh, but temperature, temperature is more of a, a slower insidious type, you know, enemy to beer where yeah. it's going to slowly creep in. Like, uh, got the beer cellar back here, right? It's been great temperature all summer. Now that the furnace is on, I am having trouble keeping that room below 70. Mm. And it's the hottest room in the house and it's the one really? I want to be cellar temperature. It sucks. On the bright side, we're getting a new furnace because of the broken air conditioner thing, which we've talked about before. And uh, the HVAC guy says it won't be as hot in there. I tried putting up styrofoam on the, the heating vents up there to keep more heat inside the vents. It's not making any difference. So. You can always put them inside of a cooler, right? The beer? Yeah. I could build. I guess I could put a big cooler around the shelves. We'll see after I get the new furnace installed. We'll see how it works. Well, the problem with the problem is actually getting it. It's not getting it cold. We don't want to freeze the beer, obviously, but it's not how cold it gets. It's more how warm it gets. Uh, what happens is the um, it will actually cause some oxygen to form out of out of aldehydes that get formed when uh, sugars get caramelized as it gets hotter. The chemical reactions happen faster. At the warmer temperatures, right. and I didn't, and I guess I was kind of misleading where I said seventy degrees. That's not a horrible temperature to store beer at. It's not ideal if you want to age a beer for ten years. It's a little mm-hmm. too warm. Yeah, but oxidation really happens when you have it in the mid high eighties, nineties. You keep beer in the trunk of your car; it's going to get oxidized. Uh, Greg, you, Greg manages to keep beer in his car and it stays in pretty good temperature. He must have a really cold trunk or something. I my my trunk stays pretty cold. I mean, obviously now is a great time to keep beer in your car, but. but you don't want to get it too cold, or else right. it will freeze. Right. Um, you know, it's, just, it's a good place to keep the beer and, you know, just keep it stored. And now we told that sick puppy's going to be going around breaking into your trunks trying to find your car. <laughs> I have a big white van. Yeah. <laughs> we are drinking the Kona Pipeline Porter. Yeah, see, I mentioned that when I first tasted it, it was too coffee-ish for me. But from experience, I knew that I'm going to get used to the flavor it's going to mute itself a little bit and i'll be able to find it more enjoyable and that that it, mm-hmm. that's what happened to the beer since i'm not a coffee drinker i you know the aroma of coffee is wonderful um but i just you know at this point of my life i don't see a reason of getting hooked on coffee so <laughs> i just stay away from it and it's just too much coffee flavor at the beginning i mean i only drink coffee if i can get my hands a if i can get my hands on really good coffee and I find that, you know, that that's beyond, like, Starbucks. I find, you know, Starbucks coffee, if you make it yourself and you make it really well, it can be very good. But generally, the Starbucks restaurants or the chains don't don't seem to make it as well as, okay. as you can make it, like, in a French press or something like that. But uh, I only drink coffee if I need to. I really need to stay awake for a couple hours. Other than that, I, didn't, I tend to stand, uh, to stay away. We should also mention in um, Ethan's email about the temperature. You know, there's the urban legend where if you make beer cold and it warms up, it'll mm-hmm. skunk or it'll go bad, whatever the term you want to use. And that's not necessarily true. You can have cold beer. You can let it get warm. Uh, you want to avoid doing that over and over again. That will cause some oxidation right. faster. But letting beer warm up is not a horrible thing. Right. I think I mentioned uh, way back when, I think it was episode... 47 or something when I did the the stuff. It's the warm and cold cycles hurt a beer, but it's those warm cycles that really hurt the beer. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, Kevin Kapowski emailed us and said he recently stumbled across our podcast and was interested in knowing if we ever talked about or featured the Deschutes Brewery. Thanks. Uh, we featured Deschutes in show 47 and 48. That was after I came back from California yeah. and brought some home. Yeah, and we, we liked them. So there's your answer, Kevin. Hope you continue to listen. <laughs> mm. No, we haven't done in a while. What beer am I? I just happen to have some clues and answers ready right well, here. That's fantastic. Let's get the the winner chooser pickomatic thing up. Okay, so last well, episode sixty is when we last did it. Episode sixty on the Sunset Strip. Uh, I am an American strong ale. I am sold in seven hundred and fifty milliliter crown bottles. I am made by blending two different beers from different years in different types of bourbon barrels. I am made by a brewery who produced the world's First bourbon barrel aged beer. And the answer is Imperial Brown Goose from Goose Island in Chicago, Illinois. We had six people write in with the answer, so your odds are pretty good this week. And the winner is... Actually, we should read them first, shouldn't we? Yes, Tom Schmidlin from Seattle, Washington. Chris Nork, Evansville, Indiana. Drew Johnson from somewhere in the Midwest. Keith from College Station, Texas. David Schrollmeyer from Chandler. Chandler, 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 Arizona. And Justin from the Dunlap clan. <laughs> and the winner is number four. Keith. Keith from College Station, Texas. Congratulations. Keith, you've won a pint glass from East End Brewing Company by a good friend, a good beer. Yes, send us your send us an email with your address and I will get that pint glass out to you. Along with the last three winners of what beer am I? I'm a slacker. You are. And if you bought a DVD recently, I promise I'll get it out to you this week. <laughs> wow. I'm a horrible, horrible person. You really are. This week's clues are from Scott Lasky, just like just about every clue is. So thanks, Scott, for all, these, for all the hard work you give us. I am an imperial red ale. My brewery's mascot is a reptile. My brother is a stud who likes coffee with his oatmeal. And who doesn't, really? Me. <laughs> so that's what beer am I for this week. Send your guesses to WBAI at craftbeerradio.com. So we got a bunch of news here. There's, um, well, we had a few weeks off, so... Yeah, there was a story about Anheuser-Busch buying distribution rights for a bunch of InBev beers. Right. Um, Bass, Bex, I believe. Right, it's in the last page there. Last page. Uh, let's see, Bass, Bex, Stella, Atrios, Boddington's, Hoogarden, Lowenbrow, and the eponymous Others. Uh, the deal will take place February 1st of next year. This is, I guess, AB's... They're trying to... Why, why are they... Why is it... InBev selling them. I don't really understand. Well, it's a distribution. So it's a shipping, right? right? So I guess there's a little bit of money to be made there. Anheuser-Busch has the distribution network. Mm-hmm. So they're able to take... They must have capacity in the network. Throw more into that. It doesn't cost much more to push it out and make a profit on. You know, it's just like a logistics company, right? Where they... Logistic companies find the person who needs something shipped and finds the trucking company that has extra capacity and makes money in the middle there. Mm-hmm. So Okay. So, yeah, they're not actually... Selling, they're not actually you know acquiring the the breweries. They're just acquiring the distribution rights to them. Right. Yeah. Uh, another, which inter- means you'll probably be able to see these beers more often. Right. Um, you know, Who Garden is really the only one there that I like uh, out of the list. Yeah, Bass is okay. Eh. <laughs> it's. I think it's below the threshold for me. The next story I found really interesting: Duval Morgat acquires a Schuf or De Schuf Brewery. Um, same brewery, the brewery that's the Oblong Schuf. And uh, mm-hmm. Duval Morgat is uh, 
obviously they brew the Duval beer, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, the Duval beer, and they own Omega. Mm. So I found that I thought that was an interesting uh, acquisition. And if you can get Omega where you live, you might see some more Ublo. That sounds good. Or uh, Shoof, excuse me. So there is a, a lot of coffee in this uh, Kona. I mean, really yeah. intense coffee on it. What's next? Bell's Java Stout? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. 7.5% alcohol by volume of fall release from Bell's Brewing Company in Cornstock, Michigan. Comstock? It says Cornstock here. Oh, no, Comstock. It does say Comstock. In Comstock, Michigan. What should be pronounced Cornstock. Uh, <laughs> if Greg was the mayor of the governor of Michigan. I live in Cornstock. Uh, 22,000 barrels open 1985. Bell's a uh, good brewery. Yeah, look at the color of the head on this one. This was darker than the other ones. Mm-hmm. The chocolatey head, chocolate cream Ooh, head. Whoa. You thought you smelled coffee before. <laughs> yeah, I think we're drinking these in a progressively uh, coffeier <laughs> uh, order so far. Bell's is available in Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, North Dakota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. So the difference in the coffee smell in between this and the last one, last one was a sweeter smell, mm-hmm. a creamier smell. I don't know if creamy has a smell, but a creamier smell. This one just smells a lot more bitter. Yeah, it? bitter, uh, more astringency to it in the aroma, in, that you can get out of the aroma. They're, these are all just perfectly dark beers. There's no highlighting on here at all. It's just dark. Yeah, I'm glad that I've become yeah. a little bit muted to the coffee. Because if I had this one first, I don't think I would have realized it was beer. <laughs> Tastes a lot like it smells, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's got that you know really dark cho- uh, coffee-slash-chocolate uh, flavor. Um, definitely has some of the stout characteristics. You get a little bit fuller, uh, a little bit um, kind of... I don't know exactly how to describe it. Maybe pillowy in your mouth a bit. It just kind of To me, it finishes up. really... Dry, tannic, acetic, um, you know, what you get out of a, you know, coffee, all that really. Mm. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I mean, this is the most astringent of the night in terms of the coffee flavor you're getting from it. Yeah. But it's really good. It's really tasty. There's a fun little story uh, in the UK. Beer price wars have lowered the price of beer to the same price as bottled water. It's 11 pence per 100 milliliters, about 60 cents per 12-ounce container. Um, and same price as bottled water. <laughs> well, that's... I mean, bottled water costs more in the U.S. then. Because, I mean, right. 60 cents for a, for a thing of bottled water? Yeah. You'd be lucky to find that. You didn't put the Carl Lewis one in here, did you? No. No, I did. I think I did. <laughs> did. I, I, I thought I did. Yes, it's on the second to last page. Yeah, Carl Lewis. Um, well, it's it's Ben Johnson. Remember way, but was it not which Olympics was it? The uh, uh, Seoul ninety one yeah. or something like that. Nineteen eighty eight, uh, the Seoul Olympics, where he Ben Johnson got a gold medal in uh, I think hundred meter. Yep, and then he tested positive. He was Canadian, yep. tested positive for some substance. And was disqualified. Now he thinks that Carl Lewis spiked his beer. <laughs> with some sort of... Actually, Carl Lewis was involved. He, th- he said Michael Irving, the Dallas Cowboys tight end, spiked his beer at the drug testing place or something like that. So, 
I don't know. <laughs> Are you gonna be drinking a beer right before you do drug testing? That's what I thought. I, I mean, maybe I misread something, but when I read it, that's what I thought it said. Whereas, like, we were at the you know waiting to get drug tested, and Michael Irving spiked my beer. <laughs> Carl Lewis made him do it. <laughs> So don't share a beer with Carl Lewis because he might spike you. Actually, there was a thing in the Olympics, this this Winter Olympics this year, like the cross-country guys, they will only drink from like sealed containers, like juice boxes. Because of that, they won't drink from an open cup or anything like that. They only drink from like a sealed container, like factory sealed container, because they don't want to worry about someone spiking their drink. I guess it really has, I mean, you could really screw up somebody's career with that. Yep. You just need an edge. Hmm. By the way, you're not going to be able to find on the store shelves Santa's butt. Uh, this is a beer distributed by the uh, Shelton Brothers. And last year, they had the same problem with the very bad elf beers. Uh-huh. I'm kind of wondering if they're doing it just for publicity or something. Because <laughs> last year, there was a big you know, court battle label approval. There was something wrong with the bad elf or the very bad elf beers. Was there like a naked woman on there or something? Or Maybe. It, I'm not yeah. sure. So this year, the same thing. Same distributing company has a beer called Santa's Butt. And uh, Maine won't sell it because... It's really not a bad label if you saw the picture. Yeah. It's it's Santa facing away from you, straddling like a, a big oak barrel. And, uh, you know, he has a large bulbous rear end, but it's covered in Santa pants. So, right. But it's inappropriate for children. Then we should know that a butt is another word for a beer barrel, so. Right. But, I mean, obviously it's. It, it's meant, to, to, be, it's meant said, to be a double entendre. That's what I was going to say, yes. But quite an obvious double entendre because butt is much more commonly referred to as your backside. Right. Do, do, do. It's a lot of news here. USA Today had an article on the 10 great places to see what's brewing in beer. The 10 places to to visit have a good um, tour. Um, And they mentioned some interesting ones. Anchor Brewing in uh, San Francisco. Uh, Boston Beer in Boston, which I wish I had a chance to to check out. Boulevard in uh, Kansas City. Uh, Long Trail Brewing Company in uh, Vermont. St. Arnold Brewing Company in Houston. Yards Brewing Company in Philadelphia. I'd like to visit that. Yeah, we'll link the story up on the website. But it has a little description of each one. It's a decent list just to get you looking around. I mean, for just about everyone listening to the show, you know, they search breweries anyway so reading an article it's more of introducing the layperson to hey there's a brewery yeah. in your town or you know next time you're in philadelphia you might want to check out yards i'd like to see that you know there wasn't a single budweiser brewery or, yeah, you know. yeah that's that was a, you know that's a good point yeah it was all decent breweries on there and uh, there's a washington beer commission now in in washington state the craft brew industry in Washington will have a advocacy and marketing organization. Oh, oh, that one! I thought it was the I thought it was the tax one in Portland or whatever. Oh um, no! Okay, this is basically a I don't know. It, it's just it's interesting because there's a whole now it's kind of like a political action committee that is being produced in Washington. It's Washington, you know, it's one of those West Coast things. I mean, they really they're serious about their beer and okay. they're going to fight for it. And you get people on there like. Um, Bob Maffitt from Diamond Knot Brewing Company, uh, George Hancock from Pyramid Breweries, uh, Jeff Smiley from Barron Brewing Company. All these people are, are uh, the brewers on here, and they're or at least uh, they're part of the companies that brew good beers, and they're on this commission. So th- hopefully, we'll see some interesting laws and stuff 
come out of Washington. Uh, we got an email from Gary, uh, listener Gary, which uh, you missed. You weren't able to go there. It was a good time meeting Gary, and yeah. uh, I took him the say, the the, the kvass down, and that thing ages so well. It was so really? much better than when we had it at the really? open house. It was delicious, and there was a bunch of starchy funk in the bottom of the growler, but it was so good. <laughs> but uh, he went to the Portland Holiday Ale Festival uh, just last week, and some of the beers that uh, were noteworthy for him were Hair of the Dog Jim. Walking Man Homo Erectus. Uh, yeah, I've heard rumors about that beer. That's supposed to be delicious. Ho ho Homo Erectus. Oh, I see that. Yes, yeah, a Christmas version, I guess. He also tried uh, Cast Doggy Claws, which is a hair of the dog uh, barley wine. <laughs> is there one? I guess there one beer they don't name is after a person. Well, there's a couple, but yeah. Says <laughs> so it was a great festival. He's looking forward to the Spring Fest. Hmm. Got some feedback. Got a lot of feedback this week. I won't read all these about my next saison. Yeah. About some people suggested finishing after like a couple days into the primary fermentation, add some like California ale yeast or something, something that's not very contributing to flavors, but will dry it out. Someone else suggested I use red wine yeast. Uh, I, that was Michael, I believe, told me to use red wine yeast, a, a mix of saison yeast and red wine yeast. That sounds very interesting. And um, Drew mentioned, I guess he heard an interview or read something from Randy Mosher about um, when you toast spices, do it a long time in advance so some of the volatiles can uh, can go to be driven off of the That's spices so you don't get as much harsh flavor out of the toasted caraway in my example. So yeah, thanks for all the feedback about brewing my next days on. It's definitely going to make me make a better beer this next time around. He's also making a cardamom wit, and that sounds like it should be interesting. Cardamom, that's the... Did I tell you about that one of the spices I bought for Thanksgiving? I bought a bottle of it. It was like mm-hmm. 13 bucks for a bottle. Yeah. The recipe called for a pinch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are we... Yeah, oh. I know. It's... Yeah, I, yeah, I got the... Was McCormick? Yeah, it's like 13 mm-hmm. bucks for a bottle. Yep. I have it, and I've used it like once. <laughs> right. But, uh, I mean, at least I have it if I need right, it. Right, right. Next time it'll be worth it. Okay, let's get on to the last beer because we have 15 minutes to the Beer Geek Roundtable. The la- the, our beer that we just previously had was the Bell's Java Stout. We didn't talk much about it. We had so much content yeah. we're going through. Let's wrap up the Bell's Java Stout real fast. I mean, it, it's it's a, like we said, lots of really strong coffee there. stronger mm. than the other ones by right. far. Uh, and it really lingers. The bitterness from the coffee lingers in the back of your tongue. Really full, and like I said, it kind of expands as it hits. It, it, it just felt kind of like yeah. it burst. I wish that. I could find another flavor in there to describe, but it's just it's coffee. <laughs> a little, maybe a little bit of bitter chocolate, bitter dark chocolate. I'd, you know what would be awesome? I don't listen to any of these guys because I'm not a coffee drinker, but there's a couple coffee podcasts out there. It'd be awesome for them to describe these beers. Yeah. Don't you think that'd be cool? <laughs> they would know more how to describe the coffee in there, for sure. Right. It would sound a lot cooler than us. So this last beer is Lagunitas Cappuccino Stout. It's in a 750 milliliter bottle. Or is it's it? A, no, it's 22, 22 ounce. ounce. It's in a 22 ounce bomber. It is uh, brewed year round from Lagunitas Brewing Company in Petaluma, California. Lagunitas is uh, recently, they've been serving around here in Pennsylvania, 30,000 barrels a year. Opened in 1994. 
And if you want to get them, you might be able to find them in Arizona, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Texas, Virginia, or Washington. I'm worried the whole thing on the bottle. It has a bit of a, a verse, a biblical type verse. Coffee is my shepherd. I shall not doze. I maketh me wake in green pastures. <laughs> it goes on and on. This is definitely a West Coast beer. <laughs> yeah, there's um cascade in there or yeah. something, isn't there? <laughs> the first thing you smell is hops. Grapefruit, <laughs> grapefruit coffee, coffee beer. Uh, yeah. That's 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 that was not what I was expecting to smell. It tastes like a double IPA, (laughs) doesn't it? It Doesn't has a lot of hops in it. Yeah. If if you were blindfolded, you would never say this was a stout. I don't think. I mean, it doesn't taste like stout at all to me. It's it's got. I mean, I can taste a little bit of that coffee in the background, right? But yeah, the first thing you're hit with is in the front, you get a real kind of lemony, grapefruity hoppiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the back, you start to get a little bit of the bitterness and the coffee. Uh, but y- there's a nice creaminess to it too, yeah. like a, a kind of. That's must be what the stout is kind of smoothing out, mm-hmm. makes it a little bit creamy. But I've never had a stout this hoppy. I don't think. Yeah, it'd be it'd be tough. I mean, I think mouthfeel wise, it, it's a, it's a stout. And like you said, the sort of creaminess. But yeah, if you were just drinking this and blindfolded, I don't think you'd guess. Oh, this is a stout. Just by the yeah, way, you'd never guess it. It's a black beer. Brian uh, sent us this beer as well, so thanks again, Brian. This is uh, it's out there. It's brewed with Sebastopol's own hardcore coffee. Sebastopol. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, and it's a cappuccino stout ale. Hmm. Okay, looks like we're done with all the content we need to get through. This is... This. <laughs> Beer is uh, different. Very, very different. I don't know what to, what to, how to take it. I really don't. <laughs> I'm I'm impressed that, that a stout could be so versatile. Right. Uh, at the same I'm trying t- to think if I've ever had a stout this hoppy before. And I'm trying to think what's the next hoppiest stout I've had. I mean, the more I taste it, the more I say, okay, I see where... I mean, obviously, you look at it, it's, you know, it's a stout, but I, I can see where, okay, the stout, the molecules from the stout is starting to come through a bit. It has a bit of arrogant bastard to it. I don't think so. No? Well, if it does, it's a, it's a mild version of, you know, the kind of arrogant bastard I could enjoy. I'm thinking like, a, a, you know, the sweeter side of the grapefruit type hop flavor you're getting in there. It's kind of, a, I don't want to say cloying, that's not a good word, but... Well, I would use cloying for arrogant bastard. Right. Well, I mean, just a little bit it was it was weird. It was almost like a a pre-taste because uh, it, it wasn't quite aroma because I tasted it on my tongue, but it was before the beer was in my mouth. I got a hoppy flavor. It, hmm. I guess it's a uh, faster than light travel or something. <laughs> That's oh, you, a hoppy stout. It says on here you had a bumpy flight. Oh yeah, it was um, the, you know, it was the day that I got cold when I flew home, and took off fine. Flight was okay. And about halfway, we had to fly across the the front the weather front. So it was about five minutes of 
fairly bumpy flight, but not as bumpy as the landing. We're coming in, and the pilot described it as moderate chops. And, uh, you know, there's nothing really freaking me out. But, you know, we're coming in for a landing, and I'm looking out the window, and I recognize the landscape. We fly over 79. There's the Ohio River. And, okay, so the airport's like, you know, four minutes away or something like that. And you feel these, like, it happened three times. There was a side burst gust of wind, and you can just feel the back of the airplane, like, sliding, I don't know, 30, 50 feet to the side. Really? And then the pilot hits the rudder to pull the plane back straight. And he had to do that three times, and I'm like... Okay, I hope this doesn't happen when we're like five feet off the ground. <laughs> that would suck. Sounds like he had a good pilot, though. Yeah, everyone gave him some applause when we landed, and I don't know, it's his job. <laughs> no. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, whole, you know, I'm thinking about this stuff. I'm like, man, I, you know, it made me start thinking about what pilots do. I'm like, do they go home and play on flight simulators? You know, like Microsoft Flight <laughs> Simulator 10 and set up these wind gusts and stuff? You know, I just wonder how much they, they play around and practice for, because, I mean, that was definitely a situation where it takes training. Yeah. Also, there's this uh, podcast out there, Brew Crazy. Oh, God. <laughs> the uh, the name fits. Let's just say that. It was uh, Captain Ron and what was the guy's name? Jack? Jack? Yeah. They they took uh, was it, uh, some of me saying, I was describing a beer. I said peatiness, but I said a little fast. Uh, <laughs> you said it tastes, tastes like peatiness. Yeah, I'm, I'm, or I'm detecting some peatiness, or I didn't really enunciate it very well, so I was detecting some peatiness. And so you can see where he went with that. Right. And... <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. It was, it was funny what we did, what he did with it. So uh, check out those guys at Brew Crazy. I think the well, it's a guy and his dog. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Captain Ron is his dog. If you didn't figure that out, I'd... and um, yeah, the name fits. <laughs> I listened to a little bit of it, and it, it's entertaining if you want kind of a, an absurd approach to home brewing, <laughs> or hearing about a dog's lipstick. Who doesn't want to hear about that? Okay, well, it's time for us to rank. Okay. One, two, three, four. Okay. You know, it's it's going to be difficult for me. We talked about how the vanilla porter didn't have much going on in it, uh-huh. the, the Atwater vanilla porter. But when I took my first sip of the Kona, first couple sips, I liked the Atwater better because I'm not a huge coffee flavor fan. And I thought the Kona had a little bit more. And the Bells was even more than that. Right. And the Lagunitas could hardly be classified in the same category. <laughs> I don't know about you. You know what? I'm actually getting a little bit of cappuccino flavor in, like, the aftertaste now. Oh, I'm definitely getting coffee. But, in, but when drinking the beer, I'm tasting just hops. Yeah. I don't get cappuccino until, like, the late late aftertaste. I, I got, I, I'm enjoying it a lot. I can definitely taste the, the bitterness from the coffee and okay. some of the flavor from the coffee, so... It's tough. I like them all. They're all good. No stinkers here. I hate to rank the cone and the bells lower because they had more of the coffee flavor. I, I, I just don't know. Why didn't you go? It seems like you know what you're doing. Oh, I, I know exactly what I think. Well, my number one was bells. I thought bells had the best combination. I mean, it was that full flavor and it had the, the coffeeness in there. It was very strong. Uh, it had a great aroma to it. I mean, yeah, the bells java stout. Primo. Okay. Uh, my number two would be the Lagunitas. I mean, r- interesting, really interesting take on it. You know, obviously, West Coast. Right. Throw a lot of hops in there. At the same time, I can detect all the stuff there. I can detect that coffee. I can detect a little bit of chocolate in there. 
uh, some the, the hoppiness is just interesting. It's a re- it's a really great take and something to definitely check out. Uh, my uh, third was the Kona. I enjoyed the coffiness that was there. It was um, wasn't quite as creamy as other ones, but it was okay. it was full. I, you know, I enjoyed the the, the porterness of it. And my last was the Atwater because although it was a very it was some really good flavors, didn't really have that kind of backbone that I was expecting from the beer. Right. Okay. Uh, you, you talked me into Lagunitas when you were talking, I realized, yeah, there's complexity there that I can understand, not just the coffee flavor. I'm think I'm going to have to put that number one because there's more to it than just coffee. Um, you know, I think I'll have to put that water number two. I just enjoyed it. It was more enjoyable. I liked the vanilla to it. It was a little light on the beer part of it, mm-hmm. but I, I just enjoyed what was there. Um, the Conan and the Bells, I mean, all four were very good. Conan and the Bells, you know, the the, the Kona had that sweetness to it. I think I'm going to put that okay. ahead of the Bells because I've had other coffee beers as coffee as Bells and, um, you know, like uh, Roaster's Rebellion from Church Brew Works. You know, yeah. that much coffee. But the Kona, the Kona coffee beans or whatever it is, had an extra little sweetness to it, a little bit different profile. So I think I'm going to put that a little bit front in front of it. All right. So Greg's number one is yeah. my number four. Very different rankings this week. Oh, excellent. Okay, so we only got about five minutes until the Beer Geek Roundtable. So there's not much halftime intermission breaks here. Tune in. Uh, the next show we'll post after this one will be the Beer Geek Roundtable. And then after that, I don't know, let's uh, do something Christmassy, huh? What do you say? Okay. All right. Talk to you guys later. And girls. And dogs. Captain Ron, that goes out to you. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Hey